I got her. Got her. <sighs> Young gang guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, today, um, are you, uh, well, first off, are you ready for more Bible learning? Well, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Totally? For sure. Oh, awesome. All right. <laughs> Well, if you guys don't remember last time, Jerry got his life threatened by Sidney Powell and um, her false allegations against him. And he got pissed off because God's timetable for punishing her ass didn't meet his uh, standards. Is that what happened? It's That is exactly what happened. Okay. Uh, this time, though, God dim- is going to demonstrate his plans to fuck over Sidney Powell. Uh, but first off, Jerry has to buy some clothes, and then he's going to have to go and hide his clothes. And then he's going to have to find his clothes again, to which they are ruined. And apparently that is uh, how God is going to treat the Jewish people, or the Judeans, rather. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're still not Jews, right? Mm-mm. They're still not Jews. Um, this convinced Jerry to continue with his prophesying work. Uh, next, Jerry becomes a wino. <laughs> and God is going to smash all the drunk people into their own children. For whatever fucking reason. Uh, Jerry is then going to tell Judah that they will be taken captive. And they will be taken captive by their uh, own allies. Uh, apparently, all of Judah is going to get shown the door. So don't let the good Lord hit you where the don't let the door hit you where the good Lord <laughs> splits you. There you go. You got there. I did. <laughs> Only uh, Judah is to blame for tearing their skirts or something, and they're also only to blame for. Um, Fucking in the fields and on the hills, all spread eagle-like in a whorish manner. <laughs> Judah is going to be drier than a dog's asshole. Or, or a drought. Either either way you want to word that. Drought. Okay. Mm-hmm. Judah will beg God for help. But God is going to flip him a bird and tell him to fuck off. Sounds like him. Yep. Jerry is going to ask God about his plans because something seems fucky about his plans. The thing that's fucky about them is that other prophets are saying the exact opposite shit that Jerry is. God did not know this, so he filed a class action lawsuit against them to have them killed. That's how shit works in heaven, by the way. You, you got to file a class action lawsuit and then they get fucked up. It's not. Jerry uh, then prays for them instead of doing something about it. God says that shit ain't going to do nothing. So fuck off. <laughs> God says that he's going to kill Judah in four ways. And that would be with dogs, swords and birds. It's only three. Wild animals. Oh, wild animals. My bad. God is going to be sociopathic about it and just not give a shit that he's killing his chosen people. He's just not going to care. I mean, 
they brought it on themselves. Yeah, I mean, this really hurts God more than it hurts them, to be quite honest. I don't know. It seems like he's getting some kind of sick pleasure over it. I mean, you could think that, and you'd be right. <laughs> What's up, heathens? How How y'all doing? So today, obviously, we are doing the Bible podcast. We're going to learn about some God shit that apparently I got wrong because we had a little discussion during the intro there. I got some shit wrong. Apparently, Sidney Powell did not go back in time. Yeah, she's not in the Bible. And there's not class action lawsuits uh, in heaven. I mean, there might be. I don't know. I I don't think heaven is a thing. Oh. Well, technically, in the Old Testament, there isn't a heaven. Uh, it's just that, like it. The 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 version for the Jewish people about the afterlife is that you've got basically Sheol, and there's two separate places in Sheol. You got you got the uppity neighborhood, which is where all the saved people go, and then the one across the train tracks, and then the one across the train tracks mm-hmm. on like eight mile road that's really shitty and ghetto like. Mm-hmm. That's where the bad ones go. Okay. Yeah. Look it up. That's true. No bullshit in there. I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Um. So last time we left off, and uh, like John said, Jeremiah is a little upset at God's timeline, and he he's frustrated because he keeps uh, prophesizing all of this to the Judean people. And none of it is coming to pass. And so he's a little frustrated with that. But God assures him that it's going to happen. God wants to take it a step further and have a tangible demonstration of this plan. And that's where we're going to start. Okay. Okay. This tangible demonstration. I mean, you guys can decide for yourself. But for me, doesn't make a fucking lick of sense. (laughs) Here we go. You ready? Jeremiah 13 is where we're starting at the very beginning. Okay. This is what the Lord said to me. Go and buy a linen belt and put it around your waist, but do not let it touch water. So I bought a belt as the Lord directed and put it around my waist. Then the word of the Lord came to me a second time. Take the belt you bought and are wearing around your waist. Now go to Parath and hide it there in a crevice in the rocks. So I went and hid it at Parath as the Lord told me. Many days later, the Lord said to me, go now to Parath and get the belt I told you to hide there. So I went to Parath and dug up the belt and took it from the place where I had hidden it. But now it was ruined and completely useless. Then the word of the Lord came to me. This is what the Lord says. In the same way, I will ruin the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem, these wicked people who refuse to listen to my words, who follow the stubbornness of their hearts and go after other gods to serve and worship them, will be like this belt, completely useless. For as a belt is bound around the waist, so I bound all the people of Israel and all the people of Judah to me, declares the Lord, to be my people for my renown and praise and honor. But they have not listened. The most interesting thing that I think happens in this particular section Mm -hmm. is God literally admits that these people are bound to him for his own renown and praise and honor. Mm -hmm. It's all about him. It is not about them. Oh, yeah. And I mean, Christians would would 
you know, proudly um, state that, that God is a jealous God. Well, I mean, I don't know that Christians would proudly state that. I don't I don't think that that's accurate a um, statement. Uh, uh, OK, well, I mean, I guess I've, I've heard Christians be very proud about the fact that God's very jealous. OK, yeah. I mean, and that, and that may be true. I mean, it, the Bible definitely says that God is a jealous God. Right. My point is that it's not about the people. Right. It's never about the people or his people. And I love these people. It's about him, the people worshiping and honoring and praising him. It's about him and the um, the feelings and goodiness that he can get from the from the Judean people. And he's not getting what he wants, Mm -hmm. which is why he's such an asshole. Well, right. Uh, But this goes back to how God should be the center of your entire life and your entire existence. Like that is the focus of, you know, being uh, eventually a Jew and a Christian is that you've got to you've got to be 100 percent worshiping this God. Otherwise, you're not doing it right. Well, certainly the fundamentalist and and the and the hardcore evangelicals, oh. but most people, most Christians, do not live that life. No, no, no. I'm not. Yeah, I, it's definite. There's definitely a vast um, uh, void between how most Christians practice today and what's literally in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say, literally, what's in the Bible is just 100 percent all the time doing everything to please God's dick, like. That's just what you got to do as yeah. far as the Bible I, is concerned. I just think it's interesting that here quoted declares the Lord. Um, they are my pe- to be my people for my renown and mm-hmm. praise and honor. And he admits that it's all about him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is, is interesting. This is, I think this is the clearest. I mean, it's been obvious Along the way that this is about people praising God and people doing what he tells them to do. But there have also been uh, things throughout the Bible where he talks about loving them and caring for them and all those other kinds of things. But I think this is the clearest he's been about these are my people because I want people who worship me. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that it is it is one of the clearest declarations of it, mm-hmm. uh, but it just goes it just goes to further solidify that you know he doesn't really care about these people. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about anybody that worships him. He just cares that people worship him. It's kind of like uh, Tinkerbell. She starts dying whenever you don't give her attention. Same thing with God. Except he doesn't start dying. He just gets really pissed off and he kills people. Yeah, he does do that. So um, he's and, and it's it's clear that the, it upsets him when they don't do what he wants them to do and to worship him and him alone, obviously, because that's their biggest sin. And that's what they keep getting in trouble for. Mm-hmm. Right. Is is worshiping other gods and idols. So hashtag God's a drama queen. <laughs> so let's continue. Um, God is telling uh, Jeremiah to say this to the Judean people. Say to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Every wineskin should be filled with wine. And if they say to you, don't we know that every wineskin should be filled with wine? Then tell them, this is what the Lord says. I am going to fill with drunkenness all who live in this land, including the kings who sit on David's throne, the priests, the prophets, and all those living in Jerusalem. I will smash them 
one against the other, parents and children alike, declares the Lord, I will allow no pity or mercy or compassion to keep me from destroying them. So he's going to get everybody drunk and then smash them against each other so they all die. Yeah, that sounds like a party I don't want to be a part of. Yeah, I know. Sounds like a fucked up Saturday night. Yeah, can you just imagine Jerry walking through the streets and God is just everywhere, like, smashing people's faces together and shit? Can you imagine Jerry walking through the streets telling people this and how (laughs) people were reacting to him? Listen, God is going to smash your head into his face. Okay? (laughs) So, stop doing it. Well, not into his face, into their children's faces. Well, each other's and their parents against children's and everything like that. It's weird. Hey, y'all are fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's a wino at this point. Yeah. Um, so we're going to continue here. Not only is he going to threaten to kill them, which I feel like should be the final threat. He also threatens them um, that they'll be in captivity, which we've heard time and time again. So let's just get through this part. Hear and pay attention. Do not be arrogant for the Lord has spoken. Give glory to the Lord your God before he brings the darkness. Before your feet stumble on the darkening hills, you hope for the light, but he will turn it into utter darkness and change it into deep gloom. If you do not listen, I will weep in secret because of your pride. My eyes will weep bitterly, overflowing with tears because the Lord's flock will be taken captive. Say to the king and to the queen mother, come down from your thrones, from your glorious crowns, for your glorious crowns will fall from your heads. The cities in the Negev will be shut up and there will be no one to open them. All Judah will be carried into exile, carried completely away. Look up and see those who are coming from the north. Where is the flock that was entrusted to you, the sheep of which you boasted? What will you say when the Lord sets over you those you cultivated as your special allies? Will not pain grip you like that of a woman in labor? I don't understand the obsession with this. Yeah, I don't know. Like, God is so obsessed with comparing how painful something is to, like, labor. I get it. Labor's really painful. Like, I I mean, I've never been through labor, obviously. Uh, But, I mean, I can can imagine how painful it would be. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I I mean, I get... I don't know that you can. (laughs) I'm just just saying, like, the (laughs) thought of it, 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 it... Probably what I can imagine is nowhere near what it actually feels like. I'm just saying that I can imagine it being really, really painful. Well, I th- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I don't know why that is the candlestick to which he's got to, like, compare things to. I think he uses that because it's, like, the worst thing ever. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, but he's the one that did this to the humans in this yeah. in this story. Like, it. I mean, if you remember in the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. that was that was the punishment. Pain that of was, labor. Yeah. Yep. The pain of labor. It was. And so, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, if it is the most painful thing, especially to God, then I could see that being the candle. I, I mean, I believe that's why he's doing it is because this was a punishment bestowed upon women for their, mm-hmm. um, you know, sinful ways and leading the men astray because Listen, we're so terrible. Listening to that trouser snake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is the pain he bestowed upon women for their sin. Right. And so... That is what he compares it to because it's the worst. Right. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Um, And if you ask yourself, why has this happened to me? It is because of your many sins that your skirts have been torn off and your body mistreated. Can an Ethiopian change his skin or a leopard its spots? 
Neither can you do good who are accustomed to doing evil. So basically here he's saying you can't you can't be good. But but sir, what if you're a chameleon? Then you can change your skin color. Well, yeah. <laughs> I like I like how in this omnis this omniscient god only compares like, or only uses examples that are in the immediate area. Yeah. It is like now listen. Are you if you're an Ethiopian, you can't change your skin color. Uh, let's not bring up chameleons because it did something special with them. Okay, <laughs> they can, but they're not in your area, so we don't need to talk about them right now. Okay, well, there's others like octopus. Yeah, octa, octa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think all of them can. I think or some octopi. species. Yeah, octopi, octopi, uh, whatever in the fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I mean, they they can definitely do that. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I don't know it. It always amazes me how it's always things are, that are in the immediate vicinity of the person writing it. Yeah. It's because it's not God. Yeah. <laughs> it's people. Yeah. If you're a Christian and you've made it this far, that's a red flag. <laughs> okay. I will scatter you like the chaff driven by the desert wind. This is your lot, the portion I have decreed for you. Because you have forgotten and trusted in forgotten me and trusted in false gods, I will pull up your skirts over your face that your shame may be seen, your adulteries and lustful neighings, your shameless prostitution. I've seen your detestable acts on the hills and in the fields. Woe to you, Jerusalem. How long will you be unclean? I like how it's uh, I'll lift your skirts up and and show your shame. What if you're pretty proud of your genital area? (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, well, that is a pretty nice dick right there. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, you know, this kind of goes hand in hand with the with the whole fact that the 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 people that wrote the Bible, the Old Testament, the multiple people, they seem to really hate sex mm-hmm. for some reason. They hate they hate it and they love it all at the same time. Yeah, they really didn't like it when people lifted their skirts and fucked on the hills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing out there? Are they fucking on them hills? I've seen you in those God fields. <laughs> this. So here, Jeremiah is another prophecy. You ready? Mm-hmm. This is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah concerning the drought. Mm-hmm. Judah mourns her cities in languish. They wail for the land and a cry goes up from Jerusalem. The nobles send their servants for water. They go to the cisterns, but find no water. They return with their jars unfilled, dismayed and despairing. They cover their heads. The ground is cracked because there is no rain in the land. The farmers are dismayed and cover their heads. Even the doe in the field deserts her er, deserts her newborn fawn because there is no grass. While donkeys stand on the barren heights and pant like jackals, their eyes fail for a lack of food. Although our sins testify against us, do something, Lord, for the sake of your name. For we have often rebelled. This is Judah praying to to God. Right. For we have often rebelled. We have sinned against you. You who are the hope of Israel, its savior in times of distress, Why are you like a stranger in the land, like a traveler who only stays a night? Why are you like a man taken by surprise, like a warrior powerless to save? You are among us, Lord, and we bear your name. Do not forsake us. This is what the Lord says about this to the people. And the Lord forsake them. They greatly love to wander. They do not restrain their feet. So the Lord does not accept them. 
He will now remember their wickedness and punish them for their sins. Then the Lord said to me, Jerusalem, or uh, sorry, uh, Jeremiah, do not pray for the well-being of this people. Although they fast, I will not listen to their cry. Though they offer burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Instead, I will destroy them with the sword, famine, and plague. Okay. Oh, so shit. God is basically saying to the people of Judah who are praying, you're mm-hmm. wasting your time. And then he also tells Jeremiah, don't pray for these fucks because it's over. I'm not going to help them. Yeah, and he's going to destroy them with uh, something, uh, famine and not, plague. Uh, yeah, uh, drought, famine, and plague. Drought, or famine, the and sword, plague. Sword, the sword, famine, and plague. You see, it, it's stuff like this that makes me wonder why the religious people now mm-hmm. don't come to the conclusion that God is punishing the religious people with COVID-19. Because it kind of seems like when God's chosen people, whether mm-hmm. it be Christians or Jews, it just seems to me like whenever whenever God's chosen people, be it Jews or Christians, start fucking up, he sends a plague. Like, like plague is one of the things that he uses, right? So I don't understand why Christians now are like, well, the blood of Jesus protects me. It's like, fuck no, this is the exact same shit that God does when he's pissed off at you. Well, they, I mean, they use the Passover, the blood of, G, you know, the blood of God, the blood yeah. will protect them. That's where they get that. From, uh, that's from a bloody, Passover. bloody shield. Yeah. The bloody shield. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, but the, but they would think that God would protect them if they were like, if they followed his word and they did what he said and they would go after even the people who are believers who fuck it up and don't do what they're told. Yeah. But you see, I I guess I just, I don't understand how you would know if you're doing what you're being told by God. Well, let's, let's be fair. No one. Well, okay. True. Does what the Bible tells them to do. Like all of it. Number one, it's impossible to do that because there are contradictory things in here. So you wouldn't be able to do everything because in one place it tells you one thing and in another place it tells you another thing. So it would be impossible to do so. But if you happen to pick the right thing of those two things, you know, there's one wrong thing, one right thing. Obviously, both of them cannot be right. Um, And you picked the right one. You still aren't doing everything. You're not. No one does this. Right. No one lives by this. They pick. That's why we have so many denominations. If everybody lived by it, there would just be Christianity and it would just be one deal. Yeah. But everybody picks their own shit. Right. I mean, there's some some Christian people who refuse to sing Mm -hmm. because they think it's against the word of the Lord to sing. Uh, Same with dancing. There are others who that, you know, I mean, most Christian denominations sing in church. Most Christians don't have an issue with dancing, but others do. Some have issues with how one dresses. Others don't. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's they pick and choose. That's why there's freaking, I don't even know how many denominations of Christianity. Well, I think, I I think there's like know. a lot. 10,000 or something like that. But, really? but in any case, so I think the decision that we come to here is that obviously um, the religious right is not doing what God says. That's why they're, they have a more of a proclivity to get COVID-19. Or maybe it's just because they're still gathering in churches and not paying attention because they think that they're immune. Nope, they're fucking up with God. Okay, that's, that's definitely what it is. <laughs> 
So we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier that Jeremiah is running through the streets saying all this gloom and doom shit to all these people in Judah. Mm -hmm. And people are not reacting well to it. Part of the reason why they're not reacting well to it is because all of the other prophets during this time are saying the exact opposite thing is what Jeremiah is saying. So he questions God about it. So you're ready to continue? That's a bad idea. If I remember correctly, earlier in the Bible, God was like, don't test me, motherfucker. (laughs) You know, it's interesting (laughs) because sometimes you can't test or question God, but Mm -hmm. other times you can. Sometimes it's totally not okay and you get killed for it. And other times it's it's just cool and he'll just answer you. So it's it's hard to tell what the right thing to do is. But Jeremiah, he's again frustrated. So. We're going to continue. But I said, and this is Jeremiah, alas, sovereign Lord, the prophets keep telling them you will not see the sword or suffer famine. Indeed, I will give you lasting peace in this place. And God responds. Then the Lord said to me, the prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I have not sent them or appointed them or spoken to them. Uh oh, here comes the class action lawsuit where he's going to fuck them all up in court. <laughs> he says, they are prophesying to you false visions, divinations, idolatries, and the delusions of their own minds. Oh, those damn gypsies. <laughs> Therefore, this is what the Lord says about prophets who were prophesying in my name. I did not send them, yet they are saying, no sword or famine will touch this land. Those same prophets will perish by sword and famine, and the people they are prophesying to will be thrown into the streets of Jerusalem because of the famine and sword. There will be no one to bury them, their wives, their sons, and their daughters. I will pour out on them the calamity they deserve. Speak this word to them. So now, God, he's answered Jeremiah, and he's telling them, tell this to those fox, right? You see, uh, this just further solidifies my idea that God is punishing the religious right right now because, you know, every time we hear about a pastor that declares that they are protected from mm-hmm. COVID-19 or that their congregation's protected from COVID-19, boom, fucking COVID-19 all up they asses. One of them just died today. Yeah. One of them did. Killed over. Okay. So he says, speak this word to them. Sorry. <laughs> you cut off right in the middle of like – so. He he tells them – so he answers Jeremiah. Sorry, I have to go back because I was in the middle. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so he, he answers Jeremiah and then tells him to tell the Judean people this. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Um, Let my eyes overflow with tears night and day without ceasing. For the virgin daughter, my people, has suffered a grievous wound, a crushing blow. If I go into the country, I see those slain by the sword. If I go into the city, I see ravages of famine. Both prophet and priest have gone to a land they know not. And so... Jeremiah decides to pray for the Judean people, even though God already told him not to. Mm-hmm. He decides to do it anyway. Uh oh. I'm glad he's not doing anything like real or substantial. Well, because the people are confused. The people are hearing all of these other prophets saying this thing, and now he's saying another thing. And so they want to know why they're being punished. And so he, he, praise he answers them 
by praying for them to God. So are you ready? Mm -hmm. Have you rejected Judah completely? Do you despise Zion? Why have you afflicted us so that we cannot be healed? We hope for peace, but no good has come for a time of healing, but there is only terror. We acknowledge our wickedness, Lord, and the guilt of our ancestors. Yet we, we have indeed sinned against you. For the sake of your name, do not despise us. Do not dishonor your glorious throne. Remember your covenant with us and do not break it. Do any of the worthless idols of the nations bring rain? Do the skies themselves send down showers? No, it is you, Lord our God. Therefore, our hope is in you, for you are the one who does all this. Whoa, that that is a straight up admission that apparently God controls the weather. Yeah. Well, it's a recognition, you know, mm -hmm. that uh, Jeremiah is praying to God and telling him, you do these things. Mm -hmm. So um, then the Lord said to me and me is Jeremiah, even if Moses and Samuel were to stand before me, my heart would not go out to this people, send them away from my presence, let them go. And if they ask you, where shall we go? Tell them this is what the Lord says. Those destined for death to death, those for the sword, the sword. Those for starvation to starvation, those for captivity to captivity. I will send four kinds of destroyers against them, declares the Lord. The sword to kill and the dogs to drag away, the birds and the wild animals to devour and destroy. I will make them abhorrent to all the kingdoms of the earth because of what Manasseh, son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, did in Jerusalem. Wasn't that a while ago? Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm gonna kill you for something that this distant fuck did a long time ago. So don't do it again. We haven't been doing it. I'd still your fucked. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they punished down to the fourth generation. Yeah. So we're still within that. Because this wasn't that long ago. Right. Well, I wonder. I wonder why that stopped. Who says it did? Oh, good point. <laughs> Who will have pity on you, Jerusalem? Who will mourn for you? Who will stop and ask how you are? This is God talking to the people of Judah, by the way. Mm -hmm. You have rejected me, declares the Lord. You keep on backsliding, so I will reach out and destroy you. I'm tired of holding back. I will winnow them with a winnowing fork at the city gates of the land. I will bring bereavement and destruction on my people, for they have not changed their ways. I will make their widows more numerous than the sand of the sea. At midday, I will bring a destroyer against the mothers of their young men. Suddenly, I will bring down on them anguish and terror. The mother of seven will go, will go faint and breathe her last. Her sun will set while it is still dry. She will be disgraced and humiliated. I will put the survivors to the sword before their enemies, declares the Lord. Huh. So he's 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 done, man. He's pissed. Yeah, he's fucking he's just going to wipe the slate clean, it seems, with Judah and Jerusalem. Yeah. So Jeremiah. He's that's that's all for today. Oh, OK. Uh huh. That's all for today's. But we're going to talk a little bit about next week. Okay. Uh, Jeremiah is a little surprised, I would say, by God's total cruel rejection, right, <laughs> of, 
of the Judean peoples, please. Why, why is this surprising? I, I mean, know. he spent 15 chapters talking about how sociopathic he actually is. Yeah. But because of this staunch rejection, Jeremiah finds it necessary to um, rebuke the wicked um, but even tell believers who like follow everything mm-hmm. uh, that their prayers might not be answered in a way that they hope they will be. Um, so he feels the pressure to be honest with these people. Mm-hmm. But again, they they mm-hmm. really do have bad um, reactions. Well, they have bad reactions to Jeremiah. Um, but God reassures Jeremiah that he will deliver on his promise to kill everybody. Right. Uh, and we actually get a more specific uh, prophecy of disaster. Oh, wow. Um, and Jeremiah is going to complain to God again. <laughs> and this time God is going to chastise him. He also tells Jeremiah that he is not allowed to marry. Uh, he's not allowed to mourn. He is not allowed to feast. And gives him the message that he's supposed to be preaching to people and the judgment for them, right? Uh-huh. And he also tells the Judean, God tells the Judean people, well, tells Jeremiah to tell the Judean people that trusting in man is futile, that only God knows your heart. Um, so Jeremiah pleads to God for a swift execution. Okay. To, I guess, limit suffering. Yeah. Since obviously. Like his suffering or Judah and Jerusalem? Well, I'd imagine it would be his and Judah. He's praying for all of them. Oh, okay. Um, he talks some about himself, but he also asks God to bring upon the day of disaster and destroy, just destroy it all and do it quickly so that people don't have to suffer, basically. Right. Okay. All right. Well, if you guys want more wanton destruction, you're going to have to come back next week. Yeah. Yeah. So to find out how Judah and, and Jeremiah get fucked up, same bat time, same bat place. And in the meantime, don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all. Bye.